And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are done with week one. Week one is done. We're on our way to week two. I have my co-host, T-Up, on the line. T-Up or Tom or whatever. Say what's up, man. Hey, what it do, Just the West? What's good? What's good? It is Thursday, Thursday night. We just finished the Bengals-Ravens game. It was okay. Uh, it was kind of a lopsided game in the first half. Got kind of interesting and spicy at the end, but uh, the Bengals did their thing, and uh, all was well. Did you catch the game, Tom, or were you? I think you might have had class or work or some some other stuff, right? Yeah, I was able to catch uh, the first half, um, and then I had to attend a, attend a, I guess like a presentation for a friend. But yeah, I mean, dude, that that first half, I'm just happy my fantasy team was not playing AJ Green today because I would be finding the tallest bridge in Southern California and trying to attempt to jump off right now. <laughs> Me too. So I'm in six leagues, and I was like, oh shit, like, am I playing AJ Green? I, I'm, I'm good. So out of the six leagues, 0 for 6, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. All right. So uh, having said that, I already did a podcast earlier in the week kind of summarizing what had gone down in week one. The Rams, by default, their first place, they're 1-0. The rest of the division is winless. Um, but it should be interesting for week two just because um, – Let's go down the line. Um, no 10 o'clock games. Or, I'm sorry, no morning games. I don't know where you are in the world, my podcast listeners. But uh, 1 o'clock games for us in the Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we have the first NFC West game of the season, which is the Cardinals at the Rams. And then you have the home opener for the Niners, the Lions at San Francisco. And then nothing Sunday nights. But interestingly enough, the Seahawks are featured for Monday Night Football, the Seahawks at Chicago Bears. And so, um, pretty uh, pretty interesting matchups to start Week 2 for the NFC West. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, you know, not to go too much into Week 1, that was just, uh, it was a very, the litmus test of the entire NFL went on full display Week 1. And uh, I think you did a really great job with your recap, and um, I can't wait to get into it today. For sure. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, they, I mean, offensively, they were booed at halftime last week at home. It doesn't get any easier because they're going on the road at L.A. uh, for the 1 o'clock game. And right now, the Rams are favored by, I think this is probably the highest spread total uh, the entire matchup um, for week two. Uh, the Rams are favored by 13 points over under 45. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Cardinals can't get any worse than what we saw in week one. Or could they? I mean, because the Rams look super hot against the Raiders on the road. Yeah. Wow. 13 points. I did not realize this price was that high. Yeah. At 13, as of today, I mean, it's always subject to change come Saturday or Sunday morning. But yeah, man, 13 points. Huh. Okay. What what are your initial takes right now? I think for me fundamentally as a if I were to place a wager, not saying I would, but if I were, uh fundamentally I'm not always attuned to give double digit points for NFL lines. I, I feel that you know, it's a little tougher, uh, especially at the professional level. 
I'd like to take the points, but man, I, I just, I didn't see much out of the Cardinals. I'll just say that. Uh, what was disappointing for me personally was the Cardinals in the preseason, they had 16 takeaways. Their defense looked A1, and that didn't show up last week. They allowed Adrian Peterson to run for 98 rushing yards. And keep in mind, Adrian Peterson is, as much as I like Adrian Peterson, he's he's not the Adrian Peterson that we once knew. Um, that run defense was not good, and they're playing Todd Gurley on the road. Uh, the Rams' offensive line, in my opinion, is way better than the Redskins, and so I'm a bit worried about that defensively. And then for the Cardinals, I mean, David Johnson only had nine carries last week, and you're not going to get it done that way. You're not going to win games if you limit David Johnson and his ability to, to make an impact um, week in, week out. Yeah, um, I I totally agree with everything that you just said. Um, one thing I might say though that I'm sure that the Rams are going to you know make their corrections. Uh, last week against the Raiders, they were their defense was a little bit. Um, there, there were holes in the defense that that the Marshall Lynch was able to find early on in the game, but then in the second half they were able to to make the corrections and obviously correct themselves. Uh, I'm not... Is Marshawn Lynch better than David Johnson? I don't know. Um, is Arizona O-line better than Raiders? I don't know. But, I mean, with a spread this high and just going off of what I, I watched both games last week, um, I think it pretty much is in line with my expectations for this game. Hmm. It should be an interesting matchup, though. I, I will say this. Any divisional matchup is tough. I mean, they play each other twice twice a year. They know each other. It's an interesting wrinkle, though, because Steve Wilkes, he is from, not from this division. He's from the Panthers, technically. This is his first divisional game, so he's going to get a, a taste of the NFC West, and he's going to get a, a taste of Sean McVay. It's going to be a, a tough offense to defend. Um... I don't know if um, how do you want to go about this to, to really break down this game? I mean, do you want to go more so if you're the Rams or if you're the, the Cardinals? I mean, uh, what are your thoughts about about this game? It's a divisional game, so we we got to talk uh, about both teams. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's look at the Cardinals. David Johnson, he only had nine rush attempts. Um, we all know David Johnson. He is the type of running back where you have to feed him in order for him to get his rhythm and then then his production will follow. Arizona, they, I don't know why they strayed away from from uh, from using David Johnson. Did, did you notice anything? I think they just, I mean, they got so far behind early. They were down 21-0. to They got shut out at halftime where they kind of had to go away from him. But I don't really agree with that per se just because, I mean, look at the Rams, for example. When they played the Raiders, they were down 13-10. But they continued to run the ball, um, set precedent for later on in the game. And then, lo and behold, Jared Goff, I mean, he was the offense as a whole was pretty rusty to start off Monday Night Football because they pretty much didn't play all of preseason. But once things got kind of turning along, it set up play action. You saw Brandon Cooks, he had four catches for 85 yards. But more importantly, he drew... Um, Several P.I. calls on the Raiders' defense. He drew up 87 yards 
total of PI calls, which is, I think that was the most yards gained on PI calls in a Rams game in the last 15 years, which means Cooks could have had a lot more yards to cover. Um, I think that the Cardinals need to do the same thing because, I mean, David Johnson needs to get involved and you need to get Larry Fitzgerald involved. They have a couple speedy receivers in J.J. Nelson. You got Christian Kirk in the slots, uh, more so than anything, as a good possession receiver. So they need to utilize their weapons. I know that uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, their tight end, athletic tight end, uh, he played 92% of the snaps last week against the Redskins. And the Raiders, their tight end, had 180 receiving yards. 180 receiving yards. Jared motherfucking Cook. He's not that good in my opinion. So I think that the Cardinals should utilize their tight end. And I think they should run the ball. And give it to the receivers once they establish the run. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think the run is going to be a crucial um, crucial aspect of the Cardinals game. That they need plan of attack in order to... Uh, to keep the Rams honest, defense honest. Um, I'm looking at right now, I just pulled it up. The third down assist from the Cardinals last week was one for eight. Yeah. That, oh, that third down efficiency, especially being on the road, that that cannot happen. And, you know, we can expect Rams having a very good defense and expect, you know, they're basically going to force Arizona to make the plays on third down. And I think that... That'll come down to the offensive coordinator and if uh, Sam Bradford could um, could make the plays happen. Yeah, no, uh, Sam Bradford, he needs to do more than his bullshit last week. Last week, he was kept in check down. He averaged 4.5 yards per completion, which is total bullshit for a starting quarterback. That is horrible, okay? That is absolutely horrible. Ricky Seals-Jones, like I said, that tight end, down the seam. Third downs, they need to make plays and they got to move the chains. They cannot be one for eight on third down conversions. It's a, it's a non-starter, especially in the NFC West. So, and you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, you know, it's just interesting to note. David Johnson just got paid three years, forty-five mil. Todd Gurley four years, fifty-seven and a half mil. Um, they're one of the higher-paid running backs in the NFL as a whole. So I would expect. Um, both teams to run the ball and kind of take it there. Run the ball, set precedent. It's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be an under type of game. Uh, it might get better later on, but both teams are going to be very physical. Okay, I like that. Let me ask you this. At what point does Josh Rosen start? Mm, not yet. I think... It's interesting how you mentioned Josh are, Rosen. Are the, Cardinals, are, are the Cardinals more in conservative, let's let Sam Bradford slash uh, Glennon go as far as they can into the season, where it's to the point where we need to start Rosen, uh, get Rosen's reps? Or is there a point where, okay, we might need to toss this in the garbage, let's start with Rosen, let's start brand new? I will say this, Sam Bradford was... As shitty as he was last week, I mean, he didn't necessarily lose the game for them. He didn't He didn't have a ton of turnovers, which is great to see in a quarterback. But uh, to mention Josh Rosen, I, I know where you're going. Josh Rosen, 
former UCLA Bruin. They're playing at LA, at the Rams. Kind of a homecoming for him. I'm sure he's going to have a ton of uh, his people at the stadium to support him and his debuts, quote-unquote debut back home. Um, but I think more so than anything, um, unless something catastrophic happens for injuries or if Bradford's really fucking it up, which, I mean, that is that is entirely possible. possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I would probably see Josh Rosen in the second half of the season. Let's... Let's give him. Um, okay. Let's give the Cardinals the first half of eight games or whatever to take it from there. And if it's if it's a uh, poo poo, then you'll see uh, you'll see Rosen. Can you make a note somewhere? Um, week eight or week nine, whenever we'll 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 go over this again. Okay. All right. Let me let me. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Josh Rosen. Yeah. Let's make a note about that because I have a strange feeling come halfway through the season. This is definitely going to be a hot topic. Okay, put it on the board. Having Do said, it. having said that, so Rams thirteen over under forty five. What say you tee up? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna take the Rams on this. Okay, I think it's gonna be just an old school, just a whoop ass type of game. Um. Especially it's the Rams opener, so I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go 30. Let's go 38. 38 to 13. Okay, you kind of. I was thinking you'd go like 38-3. No, no, that's okay. Let's go 30. 38 17. I'm sorry, I don't need to. No, 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 no. I thought you were. It's okay. I mean. Given, uh, they didn't have a touchdown last game. They had two field goals, so they haven't had a touchdown this entire season. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Let me think 38-13. Of... I'm going to give them credit for one touchdown. Hold on. Let me... Crap. Okay. 38-13. No. You need to contact Tate, your producer. Oh, my bad. My bad. That's my DMs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so for... DMs at 955? Tell us... Tell us more. No comment. No comment. No comments. <laughs> All right. So for myself, I'm going to do Rams. The Rams are winning, but I don't think that they're going to cover the 13 points. I say something along the lines of Rams 27. Let's do Cardinals. Uh, let's do Cardinals. Cardinals 16, 27-16, something like that. Yeah. Well, no, no. I think it's going to be, let me give me 24. Let's do Rams 24, Cardinals 13. Yeah, let's do that. Rams are only going to score 24 points at home. Well, like I said, I think that it's going to be more so a physical NFC West type of matchup. I think both teams are going to run the ball. And be a little bit more conservative. That's just what I'm anticipating. I, I think that it's not going to okay. get. No, out, I don't think it's going to get out of hand. You're not going to see uh, as much as I, as much as it is possible. I don't think Marcus Peters is going to have a pick six. I don't think that you're going to get a. Well, I don't know. I'm just being optimistic for the Cardinals. Let's just say that. Uh, I know I wasn't on your last podcast, but I kind of want to talk about the whole Marcus Peters 
and doing the Marshawn Lynch in the end zone. Please, I, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Marcus Peters from Oakland, by the way, cousin of Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he's from, from the ESO, from the east side. Yes, sir. Um, that will be my lasting memory of the Oakland Raiders. I could call the team. I hate to say. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, but goddamn, dude, that was just for him to do it in front of his home crowd even though he's not obviously on the Raiders but to do it in front of his home crowd his home city I'm sure friends and family were present that and you know the whole thing going on with with the Raiders and everyone knows that, that's no secret that was just kind of a like a fuck you to Raider Nation I really <laughs> love that and I'm, I'm happy I'm not on that end of this because trust me the Niners we've been here we've been there before where management and they were just a piece of crap. So, yeah, no, that photo. We, we didn't go through where uh, our team is being relocated. So, yeah, yeah, that's that. <laughs> you saw the photo though of him doing the dive, and then like the background of Raider fans, kind of like a little selfie thing, you know? That was. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was pretty good. That's just my that's just my two cents, guys. That's okay. all. <laughs> Roger that. Roger that. Okay. Keep it, that on the pod, please. Anything else to say about the game at hand per se, or are we good? Um, I think I'm good. Uh, Raider, uh, Rams. This is their last season at Coliseum before the new Coliseum opens. So, um, yeah. Okay. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, last season. Cool. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the other one o'clock game, Pacific Standard Time, home opener for the Niners. The Niners actually, no pressure, but this pressure for the Niners. They uh, they competed against the Vikings, tough road game, but uh, they kind of didn't. Uh, this is the first time that Jimmy Garoppolo undefeated going into that Vikings game. Yeah, man, he got his first loss as a starting quarterback. And more so than anything, he had a pick six, he had three interceptions, he got sacked three times, he got hit nine times. And yeah, they had the home opener, and while they are playing the Lions who got their asses handed by the Jets, you would assume that Matt Patricia is going to get his Lions fired up, because they can't get embarrassed twice, right? Um, right now, I have Niners favored by 6, over under 48, and so the line is suggesting that this is going to be a shootout between Stafford and Garoppolo. I would love for that to happen because you know why, Tom? Tell me why. I will be an attendee at the game. I will be watching the oh, game. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I will be at the game to watch this game. See it unfold. And, yeah, they're predicting, Vegas is predicting that it's going to be a shootout at over under 48. Um, tee up. Give me your initial thoughts about this game. Um, first off, I am... 100% jealous that you're going to this game because it is Jimmy Garoppolo bobblehead day. Yeah, I didn't want to mention and that, but yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Last time that uh, a pro NFL team had a bobble day, I don't even know, but that's amazing. Congrats. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. Initial thoughts. So, I mean, I watched Detroit Monday night. I think everyone watched them and they were just, just, just a dried piece of shit on on mattress. It was just it was just terrible. 
you're kind of licking uh, your chops though, right? You're like, all right, they're they're about to play the Niners next week, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I couldn't wait. I was like, man, this is looking great. We have a good chance of uh, you know evening the the wins and loss column. Um, however, you, you know how it goes, NFL trap games, uh, teams. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna make their corrections, but. You know, just looking at it in a more broad perspective, there's a lot of internal things that's going on in Detroit, too, that I think is affecting the locker room and also the performance that's uh, on the field. More more specifically, I'm, I'm referring to, to uh, Matt Patricia and um, this recent news article saying some the vets are not respecting his coaching style or something. But, Harry's a hard-ass, right? Uh, yeah, and like the way that he runs practice, yada yada, is not NFL style or not 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 NFL style, but it's not what the vets respect. What I don't know the exact details. I don't know. We'll have to ask a Detroit Lions expert. But um, yeah, I mean Matthew Stafford, he got banged up pretty early. Ezekiel Ansa, I thought they were going to be without him, but I read a report that he's going to be back. He's actually practicing, so. Anticipate him to play, so that's their top pass rusher. Um, I don't know what to take of of defense. You know, obviously it's it's you can't really judge them just by one game how they performed. Um, what are your thoughts on their defense? And and you know they did start the game with a pick six, but it was a rookie quarterback. What, what do you think about it? What do you take from that? I mean, it can't get any worse than last week. I will say this. Um, unlike, I mean, I won't say unlike the Niners, but the Lions have a pretty decent secondary in the sense that they have a shutdown corner, a true shutdown corner that's in his prime. Darius Slay, uh, he actually was first team All-Pro last year in the NFC. And uh, keep in mind that there's only two cornerbacks that get first team all pro and he was one of them he led the uh the league in interceptions actually he had eight picks and uh considering that our receivers have been i won't say they've been lackluster but you know pierre garçon he only had a couple catches goodwin right now he's got a thigh injury he's questionable and so that means you're gonna put most likely dante pettis he's gonna have a larger role you know, Trent Taylor, um, that's a bit worrisome. Like you mentioned before, Ansa was questionable to play, but it seems like he is slated to get the start on Sunday. And considering that the guards for, well, actually both guards, Mike Person and Joshua Garnett, got hurt last game against the Vikings, uh, Mike Mugucci had to start at guard. That was rough. I hope that doesn't happen again. But uh, there is some concern along this offensive line for for the Niners where, yeah, you could make a case that the Lions are going to rebound and, and give them a harder time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's why I think, you know, I just, as far as we know in the NFC, you have to keep it close and you have to win your home games in order to compete, especially now that the Rams are just so good and you know, obviously Seattle, they're always going to hang back in that, you know, we're ready to take that wild card position. So, you know, every home game counts. And home opener, we have, Niners have a brand new quarterback, newly signed, fresh contract. Um, 
you know, first year with, we know all the storylines, Shanahan, yada, yada. This is a little bit cliche, but I'm going to say it's a must-win game for the Niners. You know what's the trippiest thing and why I can see this being a shootout? So the Lions, their running game, they have not had a 100-yard rusher in a game by a running back in nearly five years. Like, mm. like they have. Who was their last? Was it Reggie Bush? No, he's from uh, he's from Cal Berkeley. Take a guess. Oh, oh. Job at best. Oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow, is he in the league still? No, he's he's not. He's not. I mean, this was five years ago too. So I mean. Yeah. The Lions. The there was Barry Sanders. There was a whole bunch of other stuff. There was Java the best. They have not had a hundred yard rusher in nearly five years. They have, you know, Legarrette Blunt. They have Kenyon Johnson. I mean, yeah, their run game right now. I mean, they don't really utilize their run game. And conversely, like the Niners, their their run game last week it looks. I mean, given it's the Vikings, the Vikings have a great front seven. Um, but their run game wasn't that great either, and a lot of it has to go with their offensive line as well. Um, I mean, l- let me ask you this. How do you think the running game is going to go this week for-, for the Niners? I mean, that's a big part of the Kyle Shanahan offense, right? Yeah. I actually like what I saw from Brita. Um, he was a good change of pace. He's literally like the Jekyll of Hyde of, of him and Morris duo right now. And I kind of like what I saw from him. Um, he was able to shoot the gaps when he needed to, and um, he was able to, you know, to find a different, a different way of getting around defenders. So I have, I'm going to envision Brita having a better game than what he did, but I think the goal line possessions, you know, that red zone is killing the 49ers. They cannot, they just cannot convert. And I think the basis is the defense knows that the Niners are going to pass. And they. That just goes back. You have to establish the run in order to keep the defense honest, so and also to spread the field. So, I think um, I think Shanahan's going to turn to Alfred Morris early. He's going to turn to the running game early, and hopefully that dictates the rest of the offense for the rest of the day. That's right. That's right. Um, speaking of red zone, I mean George Kittle, he was. Yeah, man. I mean, he could have had like 150 yards and two touchdowns if he had, I don't know, caught a pass for 80 yards. That one, you know, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, but oh, yeah. that was Jimmy Garoppolo's number one target, especially in the in the red zone. He had nine targets last week on 49 snaps. That was the most snaps um, that he's had on the team with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think, especially if Goodwin's going to be out. Uh, I don't. I think you're going to get a lot more of George Kittle. Um, I'm going to be, as an attendee, uh, I'm not going to necessarily be in the end zone, but I'm going to be pretty damn close, kind of towards midfield. Uh, I hope to see the Niners in that neck of the woods, if you catch my drift. And utilize, I want touchdowns, I don't want field goals. Field goals are cool, but that's kind of where I'm getting at. Um, Okay. So are you sitting more in, like, corner-ish or more baseline? Uh, it's like there's the end zone, there's like the 45 degree angle of that if you catch my drift. Yeah. So yeah. Cor- corner, corner then. Corner. corner. Nice. That's where I'm going to be at. So 
pretty cool. Guys, pretty cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I and... think George Kittle is gonna be. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go for it. it. No, no, go for it. I think George Kittle is gonna be. I mean, as a fantasy owner, I do own him in two leagues. You know, he was just one touchdown away from just blowing it open like 20-plus points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That 80-yard touchdown that he could have, should have had, that's like a buck fifty yeah. right there, you know? So, I think, you know, I George Kittle, is he's going to be a central part of this offense, especially with um, Goodwin being down. Um, and then, you know, we have lack of the backfield. I think they're going to... Kyle Shanahan is he he has to use that twenty one style offense, which is I don't know if you covered it yet, but it's two running backs in the backfield, one tight end, and then one wide receiver. Um, but I mean he's gonna be, he's gonna be using that type of offense, and then that's where George Kittle he's gonna be crucial in that in the passing game. But I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. This should be this should be a must win game if that makes any sense. <laughs> they need to execute. And maybe that's why the point spread is, is six points. You know, it's it's pretty damn favorite. I think it opened before, actually, before the Lions got their asses handed on Monday. I think the spread was like four. It might go, yeah. it, it might, it, yeah, it might it go jumped. up to six and a half, seven, maybe. But yeah, it did jump. Mm-hmm. It did jump. What is it, minus six? So Niners six over under 48. So Vegas is expecting a higher scoring game. And one wrinkle to, to note, though, I mean, the Lions do have, I know that the running game isn't that great, like I mentioned, but their receivers, pretty well diverse. I mean, they have Golden Tate at, at the slot. They have Marvin Jones. They have Kenny Galladay, who is like, uh, I know it, for the Lions uh, fan base, they're calling him like a Calvin Johnson Jr. He's a big 6'3", 6'4", red zone receiver. Uh, so they have some pieces to really worry the Niners secondary. K1 Williams, who's the nickelback, he's likely going to be matched up against Golden Tate. And Adam Thielen from the Vikings absolutely killed him last week. So that's something to consider. Um, anything you want to say about the Lions and anything else top of mind for them? Um, I think, yeah, Matthew Stafford, he's just going to have to do what he does best, which is get the ball to his receivers and then yeah we'll see where the rest of the game goes but um yeah i mean you did guess the niners uh scored correctly last week justin so you you know there's nowhere else to go but down from here i guess the best part about and to your point thank you i did predict that the <laughs> niners would lose 16 to 24 and it made me feel some type of way because it's like, yay, the Niners lost. I was right, dot, dot, dot. I don't know if that was all that satisfying. But it's kind of like basketball where you can go, I don't know, 0 for 6, but you you end the game 1 for 7 because you made the game winner and everyone thinks you're like the shit. So, yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I can make a good prediction for this game. But I'll let you go first. I'll let you win first last time. So, what do you, give me the score. Uh, give me the score. Minus 6, I think. I'm going to go Niners 27. Okay. Lions 21. Right on the over under at 48. Okay. Actually, it's, it's, uh, you're pushing for both, actually. Mm-hmm. 
That's a perfect push. Niners six. I think I over under forty eight. Okay. Go ahead. Noted. Noted. Give me um. Give me Niners. Ah, uh, no pressure since I got it right the first time around. Uh, give me the Niners. I think you're gonna see a much stronger team offensively. The Lions, they're actually their pass rush, from what I remember, um, the Lions are pressing quarterbacks at a, at the fifth lowest rate in the league, twenty five point five percent. Onsa's cool, but they're honestly not really getting to the quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has a fast release. I think that he gets things on track. Give me the Niners, 31, 31 points. Give me the Lions, um, 27. So, big, okay. big over, Lions, 27, Niners, 31. I think it is going to be kind of a shootout ordeal, um, but I think at the end of the day, the better team should win. The Lions are going to play a much better game. I expect them to. In my opinion, I mean they were. By the way, they, they were nine and seven last year. It's the same team. They have the talent to be, like, a pretty formidable squad to go against. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna come back, and it's not gonna be a shoe in of, of a game. So I'd rather take the points. Four point game, thirty one twenty seven. So. Noted. Okay. Last game, no Sunday night football game, but even better, Monday night football. Seattle Seahawks, they're coming. They lost twenty four to twenty seven. Actually, you know, before we start, do that. Do the Monday night football chant. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, I was like, all right, all right. Anyway, okay, all right. So Seahawks, they they lost twenty four to twenty seven, a really tight one to the Broncos at Mile High. It's worth noting that that same offensive line that they were claiming to really push forward and, and be better, they allowed six sacks. Russell Wilson was sacked six times. Von Miller had a monster game with uh, three sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Like he was all over the place. He was wrecking havoc on that line. And yeah, they play uh, another formidable pass rusher in former Raiders, by the way, Khalil Mack, Chicago Bears at Chicago Monday Night Football. Seattle is an underdog. Bears minus three over under 43. Tom, give me your initial thoughts on this. See, uh, I didn't know the spread until you said it now. And Bears minus three. Basically, Vegas is saying it's a pick. Correct. Right here. So, I don't know what to make for both of these teams. Um, I did watch both games last week, and um, I mean the fate the fate of Chicago Bears basically lands on the shoulders of Mitch Trubisky, and I don't know what type of offense Nagy is, has drawn up for him, but I don't think Trubisky is you know where he needs to be to put his team into playoff contention. His defense is. But I don't know about the offense. I'm, I can't answer that. I think that the offense... Mm, I mean, to counter your argument, I think that Matt Nagy, their new, 
their new guy, their new coordinator, their new offensive guru, their head coach. I think that he, he puts Trubisky at, at least more so than John Fox in some favorable positions to utilize his athleticism. Some RPO, um, some rollouts. I mean, I wouldn't say he was horrible last week against uh, against the Packers. They were up considerably in the first half until A-Rod did A-Rod things. I will say that, mm-hmm. you know. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that uh, Mr. Bisky is, you know. I'm. I'm just. What I'm. I guess the message I'm trying to say is I'm not sure the offense is caught up to their defense yet. If that makes sense. For sure. Um, but I will say this. I hope th- that's a fair assessment. I will say this though. I mean. They have the head coach that's offensive-minded to get them scheme-wise okay. They have their for- former Niners defensive coordinator. You know what I'm talking about. The Vic. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Now he's got Khalil Mack. By the way, you know that Aaron Lynch is on the Bears now? Uh, you told me that during the preseason, and I was uh, I was pretty astonished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Aaron Lynch is there. They have Leonard Floyd. Uh, they have Khalil Mack now, obviously. I mean, some nice pieces on, on the defense. But, uh, yeah, I just um, – how do you want to go about this game? What, what do you want to talk about first as we kind of evaluate this collectively? Yeah, let's look at the other side of the ball. Let's look at uh, Seattle. So that was a tough loss in the Mile High City. Um, Russell Wilson, he definitely had his – he had his ups and his downs. But I did read that Doug Baldwin, though, he did he got hurt. So I think that's that's a huge part of the offense. That should be the first thing we should have uh, we should have talked about that the first. Uh, yeah, Doug yeah. Baldwin sprained his MCL. They're saying he's out two to four weeks. He could be out three to six weeks. I, I mean MCLs are kind of tricky, but he was Russell Wilson's top receiver by far, by far. I think he had like. 12 touchdowns a couple years ago, 12 receiving touchdowns a couple years ago, which kind of shows how much Russell Wilson adores him. Yeah, man, he was in the slots. He was he was the guy for the Seahawks, and now they're going to have to move on with, I won't say some broken pieces, but you have former Bear, Brandon Marshall. He's I won't say he's past his prime, but he is past his prime. That's going to be the red zone target. Tyler Luckett, as much as I am a fan of him, um, you know he needs to step it up. He just got signed a, th- a three-year extension, and interestingly enough, uh, Will Disley, uh, fifth-round pick, rookie, he actually uh, man, I-, I I couldn't believe it. He was the first tight check. Check this out. First tight end in NFL history to debut with more than a hundred yards receiving and a touchdown, and he was actually kind of renowned as a blocking tight end. Go figure. But um. Yeah, they have those pieces, but they don't have Doug Baldwin. They struggled in the red zone um, last week. And their their run game, there was a promise that they were going to get back to the run game and commit it. But cr- between Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, it was kind of like the Niners. Um, they split the carries, and the production from it was okay. It was it was like, what, 3.5 yards per carry? It was It was okay. So, I mean, the pieces are there, but it's going to be really, really tough without Baldwin. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Tee up any, anything else to, to add to that? Yeah, the whole Will, Will Disney situation. You know, I must say, you know, Seattle, they have a knack for looking for tight ends, so I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. They they know how to spot them and turn them into, uh, you know, receiver. Where is Luke Wilson, by the way? He's on the Lions, actually. So he's actually going to be playing, huh. playing the Niners. He signed like a one-year deal with, with the Lions. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, and the whole thing with Seattle, you know, the whole running back situation, it looks, it appears that uh, Chris Carson is a primary running back and uh, Rashard Petty is kind of backup. And I, I also saw CJ Precise, they're going to start lighting him up at wide receiver. Is, did I read, is that true? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing was in college... He was uh, actually it wasn't yeah he played wide receiver and running back in college he has that capability it, it kind of shows his versatility I think he got converted to running back later on in college that's the story with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean I I think this game is going to be all about defense and it's going to be it's just going to be who who could dice up the opponent's defense better. And uh, tough loss with with Chicago. I don't know. This is a tough game to call. I don't. I don't want to go first on this one. How about How about you go first? Fine. I'll give a little bit more analysis on this game. Then I'll give my score. How, how's about that? Sounds good. Okay. So as I look at this game, defensively for the Seahawks, I mean. I do worry about their run defense. I know that the Broncos didn't do so well, but uh, KJ Wright is still out with a knee injury. Shaquem Griffin, he started in his place. But check this out. Remember uh, Michael Kendricks from the Browns, how he got cut for uh, inside trading? Oh, yeah. They, they signed him early. Like, they literally signed him tonight, actually. I found out through uh, Adam Schefter like a couple hours ago before we did this pod that they signed him to like a one-year deal. Um, that's crazy and I saw that he said something like they're not wasting any I mean he's playing on Sunday on Monday <laughs> yeah I know so he's gonna get some some love he's gonna get some love too I mean um, yeah I mean the run defense I am kind of concerned just because the linebackers is they have that they didn't do so well last year against the run either uh, I think that Jordan Howard is a much better back than the situation in Denver. And I think that, the yeah, the Bears are going to run the football at home. Um, that's something to be concerned about. I know that the Seahawks, their secondary, they had three interceptions last week. Awesome to see Earl Thomas back playing. He missed the entire preseason. He had an inter- interception. Bradley McDougal had two interceptions as well. I think... And I was wrong last week, but not by much. But I think this time around, even though it's against the road, to your point, it's a young Mitch Trubisky. And I know that Kalumax right there, and he's going to give a lot of fits for Russell Wilson. But similar to Von Miller, I mean, I think that Russell Wilson will find a way to put up 20-something points. I mean, he did it against the Broncos at mile high. I don't see why he can do that at Soldier Field in Chicago. So give me... Um, Man, give me 24-17. Give me Seahawks 24, Bears 17. 
kind of going back and forth, but you know, relatively close. Uh, but I think that the Seahawks do get that last game-winning drive where they finesse the shit from Russell Wilson at the very end. Give me that. Got it. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. I don't think it's going to be just as high-scoring because I think uh, Chicago's going to feature the running game. Okay. Um, let me go mark me down for 20. 20, okay. Let's go t- Let's go 2016 Chicago. 2016? Chicago. So Chicago gets the 20. Chicago gets 20 points. Mm-hmm. Seattle, so they lose then, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, anything to note about that specifically of why they're going to lose? Just the run game's going to consume the Seahawks? Or, I mean, what's, what's your train of thought? I just, I just think that uh, Chicago's running back... The running backs right now, the duo of uh, Tariq Cohen and uh, and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. I think, yeah, I think they're just going to be they're going to be good enough. And I think the touchdown that's going to put put them over that twenty point mark is going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a Mitch Trubisky type of uh, failed. You know, some, something just goes completely crazy and Trubisky makes a touchdown. That's just me. So, versus me, so on the contrary, it's not the Russell Wilson game. It's the Monday Night Football debut of Mitch Trubisky, even though he, he did have Monday Night last week. But at Chicago, Soldier Field, Mitch Trubisky does his thing for the win. I think it's going to be, yes, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be the defense that's highlighted in that game, though, not the, not, not the offense. I think the defense is going to cause at least three turnovers that game. And Russell Wilson is going to be running for his life. Because uh, his offensive line is, they might as well just like you know, just a red carpet to the quarterback every every touch. Isn't that quite a sour taste as a Raider fan? You just saw Khalil Mack, I don't know, force a fumble, get a touchdown the first half against the Packers, and now, by theory, he's back Monday night, uh, prime time, and he's going to uh, do his thing, national spotlight. It's gonna, it's gonna make you feel some type of way. Hey Gruden, how's it going over there in Oakland? Hey, what oh, up though? Everything is everything is going fine over here, you know. We uh it was a tough loss, but we got a boy Derek Card back from the ball. Oh yeah? How's the pass rush? Oh you know, he didn't want to be here anyways. Grid Iron Heights, you saw that, right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I I'm I'm for sure keeping that. That is uh that's gonna be archived. <laughs> I, I'm not letting okay, that go. Yeah. That was that was great, Tom. <laughs> I'm for sure. <laughs> Had to spice it up a little bit, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, of course, of course. Okay. All right, so yeah, I mean that's uh that's how we see the NFC West for week two. Like I mentioned before, the Rams are one and zero, but things are always subject to change. Any final thoughts? Tee up before uh, we head out. Trade. Yeah. 
It's only been one, yeah, one week. It's only been one week, by the way, and you're making moves. It, it was a one for one. Um, by the way, in the same league, I put up 175 points, but I lost because the person I played put up 193 points, which is the highest in the entire league by 40 points. Huh. So I was the second highest scorer in this league. Yes. So. Oh man. I, I took the L. I took the L. Oh, man. But um, I needed. I mean, my my running backs was uh, Royce Freeman and uh, Alex Collins, and we saw tonight Alex Collins. He didn't have any TDs, and Royce Freeman. You know, the jury's still out on him. But um, yeah, blockbuster trade week one. What's up? Uh, well, thoughts? Can you grade Mike? Can you grade it for me? I'd say this. Uh... I know that team quite well if you catch my drift, Tom. It's a, <laughs> yes, okay. It's a PPR, yes. it's a PPR league, no right? Need to elab- no, no, need to, no need to explain, but yes, continue. Okay, so it's a PPR league. Michael Thomas is, yeah, I mean, he did lead the league after one week in, in receiving yards. He had, I mean, near 200 yards, 10 receptions. Uh... They're playing the Chiefs week two, by the way. Maybe you should have traded him after this week because I expect a shootout against the Chiefs. Saints-Chiefs, that's going to be pretty lit with Mahomes and Breeze. So that's one train of thought. Uh, Kareem Hunt, obviously, he's a running back one, and you needed a, a running back to kind of solidify your, yourself as a whole. It's a fair trade, but, uh, man, it's uh, it hurts because I think Michael Thomas is going to be like he might be right up there with Antonio Brown with the type of numbers he's going to end out for the 2018 season. That's all I'm saying. Potentially. And that's Potentially. Hard. Well, that's we'll hard. see. That's Mark hard. Mark is down in your belt. Check in with Thomas to see if he's still alive from fantasy. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's why you need these trades. It's, there's pros and cons with every trade. Mm-hmm. Tough. But uh, he accepted, so everything's going to go through for, for that trade? Yeah. Looks like everything's gonna go through. Jeez. Okay. Well, best of luck. Uh, break a leg. Yeah. Break a leg. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Cool. So. So okay. Well, to my uh, podcast listeners, thank you so much for checking out the pod. Tee up. I appreciate your time. For those that want to continue to check out the blog, www.justthewest.com. I got a new banner, by the way. Thank you, Calvin, for helping me with that. We remixed the banner because last year's banner had Richard Sherman as a Seahawk, which is obviously not the case anymore. And then uh, I also have a Twitter handle, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West. So, till next time, tee up, we out here. Say peace. Good job to you. Peace out. Later.